You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome to Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today, I'm speaking with Brandon Fredrickson. Brandon is a world-class marketer and has been in the direct response space for over 25 years. The conversation was off the hook, guys. We went from talking about how Brandon doesn't like to sell to his prospects in order to make the sale. He also talked about how he got into crypto by buying drugs on the Silk Road, and then how he actually accidentally built or helped build the first online payment gateway. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. And although we talked about so many different things, I am sure you will come out of this with a ton of value. Thanks for listening. And here's Brandon. Um, so I wanted you to tell the audience a little bit of, you know, first, because I'm always curious and everybody's always curious, how did you get into the direct response space? Like, well, what, it's it's always by accident. So which accident led you to this uh, space? Which, which faithful event, right? <laughs> So I was in college at University of Iowa and I'd had a, a summer job on a road crew and I saved up my money. Uh, you're doing asphalt work on the roads on a highway and saved up some money. And this was like, you know, the late 90s bull market and technology stocks. So that was like how Bitcoin has been the last you know couple of years. And I had saved up some money and I was just day trading and I was making like, you know, like 500 to a thousand dollars a day. On, on on day trading and um and I had like around but and I only had like fifteen or twenty thousand in my account I did not have to keep a lot in my account I just you know could make cash and stuff right and um one fine November day is we were having like this ice storm and um over by Papa John which is a business school in Iowa City there's a huge steep hill anyways my girlfriend asked me uh to drive her to class because it's raining it's ice and rain and uh, I drive her to school. And I slide all the way down the hill and I totaled her car. Oh. And I was specifically not insured on her car because I am a very bad driver, even to this day. Don't get in a car with me. If you get in a car with me, throw my ass <laughs> I'll in remember the that. <laughs> yeah, throw me in the passenger seat. Don't let me drive. Um, so I totaled the car. So then like her only option is to say I stole the car if she wants to see if the insurance company is going to do anything. And then I'm like, man, I'm going to have to get a job now. I don't want to do that. But now what had happened is, well, I was trading stocks because I was majoring in anthropology. Okay. And um, the re and uh, I, I originally I thought maybe I wanted to be like a history teacher. And um, so I'm majoring in anthropology and like, trust me, nobody majoring in anthropology gives a shit about the stock market. And um, so I had like nobody I could really talk to about it. Right. Like there's just like nobody to, to talk to. And I started going on like uh, like Yahoo had groups and there's another search engine excite they had groups and there was like um you know like uh forums like silicon investor and um oh like raging bull raging bull is actually an information product service now but it used to be they bought that url and i mean it used to be a message board now i'd be like over there talking about stocks and stuff with people right yeah and and i started to develop a following because i was like accurate about you know, picking stuff, telling people like, oh, like buy this, buy that, whatever. And so there starts to be this following of people. And and then I also started to notice just like, oh, like um, 
if I actually like explaining the reasoning behind what I'm doing, not just doing it, then like I was getting like way more followers and that just made me feel cool. Like I wasn't thinking about it from like an economic point yeah. of view or anything. I was just thinking about like, eh. Also maybe like, I don't know, maybe I'll meet a lot of girls and get laid more. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, that was like really, good secondary goal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I was not thinking like as a, as a business thing on it yet there, you know, I was just a kid doing a thing. I mean, I was like 19 and then, uh, and then I, I totaled, uh, you know, totaled my girlfriend's car and I'm like, what to do, what to do, what to do. And I have like this idea. And I'm like, I wonder, because by this time I had tens of thousands of people following me, right? And I thought, you know what? If, if I could get 50 people, just 50 of these people to give me a, a couple hundred bucks, right? Then I will have uh, enough that I'll have 10,000 bucks. And what ended up happening is that I ended up making $183,000, like very quickly. Okay. Actually, my bank wouldn't even let me have the money because they're like, what are you doing? How? Because I was sending checks. I didn't have no merchant card or nothing because like that yeah. stuff doesn't even exist. By the way, I should be a billionaire, but I'm an idiot. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, Because I had to develop all of my own infrastructure for credit cards, for emails, for rebuilding, for everything. And I had it, right? So one of my really good friends is a really, really good programmer. And he makes all that stuff. And it was working really good. And he's like, man, we should start selling that. We should start selling that. I was like, no, man, I'll give it to my competitors. Fuck them. <laughs> like, I'm doing this guru thing now. And I'm so are you like, saying that you effectively created one of the first payment gateways? Probably. Yeah. Well, not I didn't. Jacob Cagley did. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And you never did anything with that. You um, just use it for yourself. No, and that was screw it. you. It's mine. <laughs> I'm sure it's very useful for you now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if I like, if I was as brilliant as everybody says that I am, then I, then I probably would have developed that business and not this one. <laughs> well, I mean, see, the thing is, brilliance and making money to me aren't yeah, necessarily go, the, the. You know, <laughs> I know some very intelligent people. Like, I know some people that are like would oh, put yeah. me to shame in terms of uh, of knowledge, but then they're they're living paycheck to paycheck, and you're like, what? So much, up with so, that, much you know? of, yeah. so much of getting to uh to a point where you know where you can consistently make money and do things and whatnot too is just like this perspective and experience i think too right and so when i was 19 20 and this thing was just starting and this was like i grew up dirt poor too by the way um and i could show you around this town where i'm at it's there's 83 people it's almost all trailer houses uh it's very very poor place you know where i grew up so i had nothing and like that hundred and eighty thousand dollars to me might as well have been a hundred million as like, that's mine and now I can keep making more of it. Fuck anybody that wants it. I ain't helping nobody. Yeah. And and this was very helpful because you had to have it to, you know, to make it. I mean, I had people coming to me asking, hey, can we use what you're using? I was like, no. <laughs> and so taking, don't you talk to them either. I'm making my partner in this thing. You could have charged five cents a transaction. That, oh. oh, that would have been that. Wow. You forgot to mention one thing. You you said that you made $183,000. Right. Um, what did you sell? Was it financial? So I was like, oh, oh, yeah. So I wrote like the world's worst sales letter ever. Okay. I was just like, so I was like, thinking about it. okay, okay. I want to do it. I was like, okay. So I'm giving you, like, I mean, you guys, it's like, I've, and I, I had like a couple of people that had shown me trades they'd made and how much money they made and stuff. So I was like, oh, there's these people and they're making all kinds of money following me. You're probably one of them. I'm doing all this work for you and I'm not even charging you for it. And that's not fair to me. So y'all need to pay. That's it. Pay me. You need to give me 200 bucks. Otherwise, I ain't gonna keep sending it to you. That's it. And people just sent it to you. 919 people. And originally, you know what my original plan was? 
right? Like originally, all I wanted to do was just get the 10,000. And then I was just going to hopefully like make enough trading to refund those people. So I didn't have to keep doing this shit. But then I got 183,000 bucks. I was like, oh, 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 this is a new thing. Well, now you found a new business, right? You found yeah, something else. Perfect. But anyway, let's, I, I, I'm curious because you have s- such a wealth of information. I just, I want to kind of dive in on a couple more like tactical things. If sure. you can tell our audience, everybody's always curious, especially for, I don't want to call you an old timer. You're not an old timer. You're an old timer in the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, what are some things that tried, tested, and true you've done over and over again to make a successful, you know, uh, sales letter? I, I I feel like you're more of a marketer. You sound I, like I'm you're more well. When I when I got when I got hired at Stansbury, I mean, Mike Palmer hired me because I'm a marketer. He's like, oh, look, you're good enough as a copywriter, but you're yeah. really, really good as a marketer. Yeah, you you're and more than need, just a copywriter. And we need somebody. And we need somebody that can go back and forth between those things. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's still to this day, I'm much more of of a better marketer than I am a copywriter. Yeah. But I mean, in essence, anybody who's a good copywriter is a marketer, right? Like sure, you, you yeah. got to know a lot more than that. So I'm just curious on a tactful, uh, you know, some tactics that you use that you feel like these two or three things you do and you're automatically guaranteed more success than not. Hide, doing. The, hide, hide the sale. Don't let them know you're selling to them. Okay. Number one thing, don't let them know you're selling to them. So that's why like, the podcast VSLs. If you ha- if you are frequently a guest on podcasts, you will kill it with a podcast VSL. If your audience is used to seeing you as a guest on a podcast, you I mean you should absolutely do a podcast VSL. You will kill it. Okay, because it totally disguises the sale. That's the number one pro and and you know makes you selling valuable. So that's the you know Gary Benzinger said that makes you selling valuable, and you should right and and that's also you know you're doing the podcast to be sell. You're, you're putting value into it, and um. So this will go kind of against what everybody else says. I think everybody else says like you know follow your industry, watch everybody. I say like don't fucking pay attention to very many people in your industry at all because oh, most okay. of them are idiots. They don't know what the hell they're doing and they're just following everybody else and they're doing bad adaptations of that. Okay. So so I think you should really, really, really learn the basics and the core fundamentals. You should get really, really, really good at that. And that takes a couple of years. I'm sorry, it's not a 90-day thing. Now, if I was writing you a sales letter, I'll tell you I'll do it for you in 90, day, in 90 days, but that's, I'd be lying. it's not exactly true. We'll get the fundamentals down. Get the core fundamentals down. Really, really spend a good amount of time doing that. Yeah. And then watch other industries outside of your own okay because then, then you can bring other things to your industry that are going to seem new and people like new you know one of the things like evaldo at, at, at agora was really good with his copy because in his opens it was always new something new something new something new and we always want always new. first he was always yeah. first new, okay first new 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 and i it, so and, it, and if you're coming at people with uh uh, a marketing approach and whatnot the, the the people in your niche are not exactly used to, but it's proven in other places and and it's like and it's really backed up by the fundamentals. You can know, yeah, this is this makes sense. Then you can keep people's attention too, and you don't seem like everybody else. Okay. And how did how did you make your your yourself? How did you make your transition from copywriter to marketer? Was it just like a, a something that well, just I was a marketer? I was so so no, like actually, like the first. When I thought to become a copywriter, I, um, so Chris, Chris and I know each other because we were doing launches with, for Jeff Walker together. And, um, and so I was, you know, handling like the, the marketing coordination end of it. And, um, and, and on the, on one of the projects, actually, um, 
I, I went through a bad period in my life. Actually, I was uh, I was a really bad heroin addict, and uh, and you know Chris actually had to fire me. So, um, but um, but he said like I there was something coming up, and and there was like some you know some writing that I ended up having to do. And Chris looked at it. And he's like, dude, you're a really good copywriter. Like, where have you studied copy? And I was like, not really anywhere. He's like, you should really like maybe get into that because you're you're good. And I was like, oh, okay. cool. So, and that's where I really started. Like, um, yeah, I really started getting more into copy. Do you find that it's a lot harder or easier to connect with people like quality people? Because I mean, I find a lot of people who've been in the industry kind of ha- uh, for over, let's say, ten years. I would say, kind of know each other, hurt each other. Mm-hmm. But now there's just so many. It's it's hard to kind of find who are the who's the real deal and who's you know the the bullshit. Pardon my my English there, but like how how do you find like your transition of you know kind of like your network back then? Has it just maintained, or are you adding people to your network um, that are I, adding obviously I, I, value? I, so I had people through my network, but it's mostly through referral. Okay. Not and because like even if I see somebody, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like I think it's really cool. Like if I want to like work with somebody, I'll, I'll talk to a couple of people and be like, hey, like, do you know this guy? Like, what's going on? Right. I think that's one of the reasons why like, the direct res- like a lot of direct response businesses struggle to scale, is because, um, and and I've been guilty of this myself for a long, 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 long time is um you're making these big 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 promises right like that's the thing like the big idea big promise you know whatever and then prove it right but then the product is people are not successful and if you think about like um this this was a discussion i was having with alan this morning for maybe an hour or something but um if you go like a lot of the origins of direct response is like um, the old traveling carnivals and the old traveling snake oil salesmen. Like a lot of the same tactics they use is what we use, right? Yeah. So like the reason that those guys had to travel is because once everybody bought their stuff, they knew it was bullshit. They was going to chase them out of town and never buy again, right? Now, what was happening with the internet is the world's becoming like smaller, 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 smaller. So when you're underwhelming people with your delivery all the time and you're disappointing them with your delivery all the time, that accumulates against you. And I think that's why as you start, maybe as you start to make more money in this business, your costs start to like skyrocket, right? And your margins just get razor thin, the bigger you get. And eventually you hit a point where you can't get it any bigger. And I think a lot of that is because like so many people have said, you're full of shit. This guy sucks. And and like and like a lot of people in, in like um, direct response and and info publishing have yeah well only three percent of people are going to even anything anyways it's not my responsibility and but yeah. you need to make it, but you need to make it your responsibility because that's working against you because what's happening is if somebody's pissed off if somebody doesn't like you they're going to tell a lot of people like if they think you screwed them over they're going to tell everybody yeah. and if somebody if somebody likes you they might tell one or two people but then like what about like if you set the what if like somebody's estimation is kind of like here, but you're like way up here, right? On what you did, then they're going to tell everybody. Now what will happen is like, if somebody like will see your ad or something, they don't have like all these, like, oh, I've heard like bad, bad, bad things. They will either see it as, as neutral. They will be neutral to you or they will see it as like, um, oh, like I've actually heard like a couple of people say this guy's really good. So then you lower this resistance. So I always say it's like selling is about lowering resistance. Right, like the whole process, like that's how I think about it. Until I ask for the clothes, like the whole thing that I'm doing from the time I meet you until I ask for the sale is just lowering the resistance to that sale. 
And like everything I do that rate, every single thing that you do that raises resistance to somebody buying from you is like, it's against your own self-interest. So like I've stopped doing stuff like false deadlines. You're like, oh, this is closing in a week. If I say it's closing in a week, it's closing in a week. Because and I was just watching, I, was, I just had an ad come across my feed today. And this guy's been telling me something's closing for a week. So I'm like, this guy's full of shit. Fuck him. Yeah. I'll never buy, I won't buy it from him. Because I'm like, he's full of shit. The next time he gives me a deadline, I ain't going to care. And, and, and then also like, people start to talk about that. And like, oh, this guy's this and this and this. Yes, it works, but it doesn't work. So what I mean is that it works in the short term. It does. It still does. Yeah. It works. But in the long term, no, it does not. You can't scale it. It does not scale. There's no billionaires in this business. It doesn't well, scale. It's 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 also like people right now, like, you know, a lot of people have 5,000 Facebook friends. A lot of people have like 10,000 10, followers on social media is, is nothing. It's yeah. like irrelevant, right? But if you think about it, if you piss somebody off and they tell their 10,000 followers, yeah, that's, that's 10,000 people that are Can likely people who, who, who would see your ad because, you know, people kind of like equals like, um, you, you're just kind of eroding your base. But I've seen this, and you know. Negative, and a negative, a negative, comment against somebody always has just because we're so this is how like we've evolved like if somebody says oh that person is terrible when you first meet them you'll be by you're more biased against them even if somebody says oh this guy's great right yeah. like somebody if you have great terrible your emotional feeling against the person that somebody has told you is terrible is stronger than the emotional feeling that you have against somebody's like oh that guy's good and so then you have like all this negative emotion built up against you and you just over time it's um over time, you just, you can't scale it. You can't overcome it. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I've like, I'm going to talk about my own personal way of, of buying things and, and so forth. But for example, I'm looking to go on vacation. We're trying to do a family vacation and everybody has different ideas of like, oh, we should go here. We should go there. We should do that. I mean, what's become the barometer for me is reviews mm -hmm. and people who are pissed off really they give, review <laughs> they give, but they give very yeah. specific mm -hmm. yes. you know and things and and then it'll be something so crazy like i was reading one and somebody said the room smells like must and mildew and i that like completely like done. five stars i was like i'm done i'm not done. going there i cannot i i'm very sensitive to smells mm -hmm. if done. it smells like mildew i'm not gonna like it done yep. one review literally lost the sale yeah, for this exactly. resort we were like people people Everybody, look, so my first business I ever made money in is selling drugs. And it's very short-term focused, stupid thing to do. Because there ain't no old rich drug dealers. Yes. Right? There ain't no such thing. And and eventually it's a murder game too, which so, I mean, that's that's why I got out of it. I figured that out. Like when you get to a certain level, it's it's a violence game, no matter yes. what. Even if you're not a violent person, then you better get out. And um and and it's also like drug dealing is like one hustle to the next, to the next, to the next, right? Like one deal to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. This direct response business is a lot of like one offer to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, but eventually you can't keep sustaining it. And no, um, it's hard it's to find point. people who have been in the, like, I mean, I know a lot of marketers like yourself and like you were talking about Chris Haddad and Alan, uh, who's been around. Actually, it's funny because I saw Alan's name and every time I see somebody new, that's kind of making, you know, like 
a bit louder on social media, I put them in my inbox. It's crazy because there there are a lot, there are there's a select few of people that like have maintained and, and stayed over the course of time. But um, there's a lot of people that like in 2012 were making millions of dollars and now they're like nothing. They're they're out of the space so I think, and yeah. I know, think there, I think there's I think there's two kinds of people too. There's like some people like, okay, yeah, I'll listen to what you have to say. Great, tell me. And there's another people like, okay, I'll, I'll take what you tell me seriously. Okay. So here's how I determine which of those two. If you really literally just came out of nowhere, I just assume that you hit lightning in a bottle. I will listen to you about your one specific thing. Anything else that you want to tell me, fuck off. Shut up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You do have this one thing and I'm very interested, but everything else shut the fuck up. Because life and business is a cycle. It's up and it's down and it's up and it's down and it's up and it's down. And, and I'm not in this, like, I like working. I like learning uh, the whole thing. Like I will do this till I die. Okay. So I'm not interested in just like, and then walking away off into the sunset, right? I'm interested in just being able to just, you know, consistently do this. And I, and I want to make a lot of money and, and all these things, right? But like, um, so I'm always like interested to talk to people who um have been like people who have been bankrupt and came back. Like that's somebody I'll, I'll listen to, yeah. right? Like somebody that has almost gone out of business, that has been like going like, you know, half a million a month negative cash flow and then figured out how after they'd been banging and balling and everybody thought they're God. And then now they're like sinking and they figured out how to get through that. Those are people that that I'll like take seriously and listen to. Well, a and comeback story is always good, right? Everybody and, likes a comeback story. Yep. And, and, and then also, and just like, and just again, like even just having been around for a long time and consistent, consistency is really what I look at with people, right? Is I just want to see they've been consistent because yeah. that's it. That, and like, nobody wants to hear that, right? But that's truly how you do anything. I that's always say the most, the, 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 the secrets to, to the sauce of being successful in this industry are not sexy. That's what I tell people all the time, you know, the podcast and what I'm doing. And like, for me, when I started the business, I was doing, I was getting a lot of referrals, you know, cause I, I knew what I was doing. I was working in the adult space before I knew how to convert things. I knew how to get the checkout page. I knew all that stuff. So I was getting a lot of referrals and then all of a sudden life kind of took over. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to do other things than work and go to conferences and meet people. I wanted to kind of have leads come to me without really, you know, uh, talking to people all the time. Like you just want to get leads without, you know, literally having to be a salesperson. So I started a blog mm -hmm. in 2016, I would say. And yeah. everybody was like, a blog like what is this like 2002 or something like this is like you know that's such a dated ridiculous thing to do in that time why don't you do a vsl why don't you do this i'm like no 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 you know i'm in kind of fintech type space i feel like i just want to i know a lot of stuff and i just want to get it mm -hmm. out there and 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 whatever if it helps one person it, it, it'll become a lead and and that's it like um and now, you know, we have, I have, I have writers. I can't say that I write everything on the blog. Like I have writers and stuff that, that are writing the blog for me now, but like I give the ideas and stuff like that. And that is now my number one driver of business is the blog because yeah. people are looking for a specific question. They get the answer on my blog. Oh, just click here now to, to get a merchant account from Rick. Cause I don't need to check it anywhere. It's, it's like the most unsexy thing is to have a blog. Like how boring is that? But I think, it works. I think either, yeah. I think too, that that goes back to like people's conferred consumption model yeah. maybe. And like, so you I bet you're probably just getting a lot. You probably get a lot of people that are, that their preferred consumption model is reading. 
You yeah. probably get a lot of people like that. And because um, there's not very much out there where readers and, and actually, I'll tell you this, I, I know for sure. And I was just going through data uh, the other day. Readers are, are by far your most valuable customers. The people that come to you because they've read a bunch of stuff yeah. are worth like three to five times more than people off of video. Oh, nice. So I, so I have not confirmation like, that it was a good strategy. Okay, yeah, yeah, not, like, not like today, tomorrow, whatever, but like over the long term, yeah, they're yeah. worth like three five times more for like readers. That's yeah, like I mean, book, book funnels you're answering their questions, right? So if somebody yeah. has a question, they go on your blog, they read the answer, they feel like, well, she saved me a whole bunch of time because yep. I have my answer now and I need what I, you know. So, I mean, it's it's like, it's just going back to like, sometimes it's like the things that work are not the exciting, shiny new coin. It's actually something that's quite boring, but it works and that's what get the sales in. So people have to, you know, remember that and and a very valuable lesson from, from uh, you as a marketer, uh, Brandon, is, you know, you've been consistent, like you've been around for a really long time and you just keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and the thing that I find interesting about a lot of marketers that have been in the space for so long, it's like money is not the driver and it just stops being about money. It just, but money finds itself to you. So it's kind of like one in the same, but, um, I I I don't think I I wouldn't do it for free. Right. I don't think I I would, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and so, but, I mean, it's not money. I mean, the, I, I like it. It's a puzzle. It's like this curiosity thing that I get to put together and figure out. And um, and I'm also like one of these people that is like, um, you know, I mean, trivial pursuits not a thing anymore because we can just go on Google. But I know like every random, stupid, worthless thing about everything. And this is actually a place where you can kind of put those things together in a unique way every now and then. And like that always gives me like, oh, wow, that's so cool. So and like, and do you even like a high when you, when you launch oh, yeah, something? Like when I, when I thought of like that podcast BSL thing, I was like, Oh wow, this is, I was like, I was like a little fucking kid. Like the whole time I was like, Oh, mm, you know, like that. Right. I like a little kid. And like when it started coming in, I was like, oh. and I mean, now I'm less about it cause I'm doing it and stuff, but yeah, that, I mean, so now here we go to be consistent. Now we'll go to consistent. Here's probably like my number one, um, fatal flaw is also consistency like that because like these podcast VSLs, right? Now I'm bored with them. I'm trying to find something else to do. And if I, and I was just talking to Alan too. He's like, dude, like if you should just do a podcast VSL agency because I mean, I literally, the first one I ever, ever did was March, 2022. Like I said, I, I know for certain I started talking about it before anybody. Um, and I posted about it and it's probably like about a year before anybody else ever talked about it. And, you know, so I could do that and whatever. And he's like, just do that. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to find something else now already. <laughs> so, cause that's what like that, that's what excites. Yeah. So that's you know, consistency and consistency. Yeah. That's what yeah. gets me. It's like when well, I can like, consistency in, in, in finding new things is another, another avenue. I really enjoy talking to you. I feel like yeah. you, you just, you have, you do have, like you said, you have the ADD, but I love people like that. Cause we talk about like your, your accident and then sales letters and then this and that it's not yeah. a flat conversation, you know, where it was like just kind of three tools to do this. So, um, I had a, I had a hoot, uh, you know, getting to know you and, and we've connected so much. Well, so much, I, I feel like I see you a lot online. Cause I'm always, I'm not on Facebook that often my, my strategy for Facebook is I spend 20 minutes a day on Facebook. I'm so calculating and boring. I'm like, I have 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but on a positive side, your your um your engagement must be pretty good because I see yours very often. Like I see your posts often, so I engage with with uh, reading your content a lot more. So you're doing something right on social media because you're showing up a lot more um, than a lot of other people that I'm following. Cool. 
So I'm thank you so much you. for your time. Uh, yeah. I think we got like so much different things, but I did love uh, your marketing strategy because I also, uh, as a final note, I also like to never read books about my area because yeah. then my brain kind of opens up. So Brandon, thank you so much for your wisdom. I really, really appreciate it. And we're definitely going to be connecting uh, yeah. after this podcast. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once. 